So back in the day, there was this man named Horatio. Horatio lived a pretty good life. He was educated. He uh, did the right things. He was good in business. He got all the schooling he needed. And in the uh, year of 1861, he married the love of his life, Anne, in September. He was a prominent lawyer, part of a large lawyer group, very successful, well off financially. In 1871, his only son got scarlet fever and perished. The same year, the wildfires of Chicago came through and burned down all the investments he and Anne had built in their lifetime. Two years later, after trying to rebuild and struggling and going through the loss of their son, Horatio decided that it had been a while since he had run into his friend Dwight L. Moody. Some of y'all know that name as a minister or preacher. So in 1873, he and his wife and his four girls decided that they were going to go to England, take a break, and go hang out with Dwight L. Moody as he preached some revival services. Uh, Horatio had some things to tie up back home, and so he sent his wife and his four young girls um, on ahead on their way to England and stayed behind to finish. On their route to England, their boat was struck by another boat, and it took the life of 226 people on their ship, including all four of Horatio's daughters. His wife, Anne, reached England and sent a telegram that simply said, Saved alone. Horatio quickly got on board a boat and uh, was racing to meet his grieving wife, Anne, that he loved so much. And as he passed the spot of the wreckage, he got out his journal and he penned some words that later would become a hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. When he penned those words, he didn't believe that they would become a hymn. Dwight L. Moody helped make sure that happened. Instead, he set out in his lifetime just to cope. How do you get through that kind of attack in your life? The loss of a son, the loss of all your assets, the loss of four daughters. I mean, at this point, all that Horatio had left was Anne. And he said later on, the thing that got him through was not the love of his wife, although it was there. The thing that got him through wasn't the wealth that he could accrue later in life, although he did. It wasn't the fact that he was overly educated, which he was. It was that out on the seas as he went in that boat, he heard God say to him, I've got this. And I don't know where you are in your sea's journey right now. If you're more of the Anne who is safely alone but scared, if, if you're Horatio that has seen the worst of life has to give you and you've taken your punches and you just don't know what to do, I don't know where you are in your journey today. But I got to tell you, in every instance of your life, God's got this. 
And I believe more than anything that we find ourselves uniquely battling battles that God has never called you to fight. God has called you to a life resting in Him. How often do we hear our Old Testament heroes listen to God and Him say, I will fight this battle. Time and time again, the heroes of our faith. Lest we forget that that Joshua, as they're walking around the walls, they had nothing to do with their walking. Had everything to do with their obedience to God. How did the walls fall down? God. God can do things that we can't even imagine. The problem is this. We're a part of this, and we tend to forget our place. You ever wonder what it would look like if grown adults acted like children do in their preschool plays? You know what I'm talking about? If you went to Broadway this next week and you sat down at a show, I don't even know what shows are on Broadway right now. Let's just make one up. It on Broadway. That would be creepy. Just a clown jumping up from behind you. Ah, I'm taking your kids. Anyways, it would be creepy. Let's just imagine that happens. But whatever it is, all the adults on the stage, one of them starts just bursting into tears, doesn't want to do anything. They keep looking at their parents out in the audience going, there's the one kid that's forgotten their lines completely. They're just looking around the stage. You've seen this, right? There's the two kids that have completely forgotten they're in the play, and they're just talking. So how are you doing? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I like this. There's the one kid picking his nose. You know that was your kid, right? Then there's the one kid that remembers everybody else's lines, and they're trying to coach them up. It's your turn. I know it's my turn. What's my line? What if that's what it looked like on Broadway? No one would go. No one would want to go to a play where grown adults acted like that. The heroes of our faith are men and women who, frankly, didn't have it together. I think we tend to elevate these men and women because they're in the Bible, but how many times do we see them mess up, slip, sin? act crazy. All along, God continues to say to them, I got this. There's not one of us that desires or deserves, really, to be a hero of the faith. None of us has the resume enough to become a hero. Not your pastor, not your pastor's dad, even though he is awesome. None of us. All of us require the same exact thing, the Lord to intercede. Because when the Lord intercedes, he can change the story of a man or a woman into being somebody that they never could have been on their own. God has called you today, and he's asking you to join him on this journey. He's got a story waiting for you, but you got to do it his way. And so today, that's where our text is going. We started in Ephesians 5, talking about that we need to be imitators of God. You heard Bridget read from Ephesians 2 today. This says you are saved by grace, by God. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God so that no one can boast. None of us has a resume just because of God's grace. It's all him. He is awesome. That he allows us any measure of salvation at all proves he's a good God. And so because of that, you and I have this opportunity 
to be a part of imitating Jesus. And when that happens, our marriages change, our families change, our workplaces change. How we interact with our children changes. Everything about our lives changes. And then in Ephesians 6, by the greatness of God, Paul hears from the Holy Spirit and he pins these words down. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand again the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the hamlet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert. And this, with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints, Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I'm an ambassador in chains. I pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. I want to pray for us before we begin. Father in heaven, may your words speak where my mouth should never go. God, may you absolutely win this moment. May you show that you are so for your creation. And God, may you show us a way of victory that only you can do. God, we pray that you would move in our lives in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, this passage, the more I spend time with it, the more I'm reminded of a few things. And let's start right off the bat with this. God has never asked you to move in your strength. He's never asked you to move in your strength. He has always strengthened you by his strength. So let's start off with just this battle analogy of knowing even at your best, your strength is not enough. In fact, God uses the weakness of man to prove his strength. In our weakness, he is made strong. God is strong enough for your battles. I think too often we fight our own battles believing that there's something extra that we need to do. And the something extra that you should have started with is, God, I can't win this battle on my own. This battle is too big. It's too delicate. It's too sensitive. Whatever it is, God, this battle is a battle. So I know that you've always said that you fight for us. So bring your strength, God. And you know what? He always does. Even if you don't believe he fights for you, he fights for you. Our world has never seen a place or a time where God's presence hasn't been on it. It's never seen it. You know how we know? As soon as his orchestration leaves, the earth can't hold together because everything is held together by him. That's what scripture says. So as soon as he walks away from it, it can't hold together. You can't breathe. We can't stay on the planet. Nothing makes sense about the fact that our planet's turning like this and we keep walking on it. 
I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I've been on merry-go-rounds before. Haven't y'all? And there's always that one kid that thinks that he can stand on a merry-go-round. He's the kid without his front teeth, right? Because as soon as it starts going, he's like, I got this. And he starts spending more, and he goes, oh, and he falls off. We're on a planet that's continuously spinning. And by God's orchestration, it holds together. You know, it's amazing to me is this. As many people in our world deny that God exists, they still take a breath. Their heart still beats. Even if they deny it, doesn't mean that he's not there. He's there despite their disbelief. Today, whether you know this or not, God is always fighting for you. He loves you so desperately that he knew that on your best day, you couldn't have a way to heaven. And so he sent Jesus to fight for you. And even if today you don't know Jesus, God still desperately loves people. He created us in his image for his greatness. And he loves you. And the craziest part about that is this. Even when you don't love him back. Because he first loved us. God's strength is enough. He's never asked you to bring your own strength. There's a part of the scripture that I always kind of run past. And it reminds me, before we get to it, of a story that happens that you may remember. David and Goliath. Remember, David hears this Philistine come out and challenge God. And he tells him, who will fight against me? And David goes, man, I'll fight him. All you guys out here aren't going to fight this guy? Okay, I'll fight him. They take him into Saul. Remember this? Take him into Saul's tent, and Saul sees him, and David goes, I'm going to fight Goliath. I'm your guy. Man, I fought lions and bears. I'll fight this guy. I'll win. And Saul does this. Okay, kid, you're up. Give him my armor. You remember this part of the story? David puts on the armor, and he goes, I can't do this. I haven't fitted it out. It's, it's bulky. I, this isn't how I fight. I, you got to take all this off of me. I'm going to fight how I meant to, I've meant to fight. Here's the craziest part of Ephesians chapter 6. It starts with a story, or really a line, if you will, in verse 13. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, it says. So you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having prepared everything to take your stand. I want to stop here by saying this. What are the last four words of this sentence? To take your stand. And then verse 14 starts by this. Stand. Now, I think this is the problem with us as Christians. We want to be more proactive in everything that happens spiritually. And the problem with that is this. We're terrible at it. We, we mess it up. We add sin into it. We add our flesh into it. We try and do things on our own. And God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> once you've prepared, stand. And once you've done that, stand. Put on my armor and, and stand. Be prepared. But I'm, I'm asking you to take your stand. The craziest part about this passage is this is what God is doing in it. We take up God's armor. 
which has two things to it. One is this, does God need armor? He doesn't. Nothing is as powerful as God. Zero. He has no opponents. We tend to put God and Satan as equals. As though we think that, like, God is powerful. Well, so is Satan, and he's an equal. Not even comparable. And so when we put on God's armor, I really believe what God's telling you to do is this. I want you to be prepared. I'm going to go fight. I'm going to go win this thing. Your battles that you think are big, I'm asking you to armor up and take your stand. It's actionable. It doesn't mean you do nothing. Taking your stand is a bold move. Taking your stand is a defensive mechanism. When warriors would walk out to fight, they would stand in lines and walk out and face one another ready for battle. This was taking your stand. And so you're taking your stand, but then you realize you're not the baddest guy on the battlefield. God is. And whatever your battle is, has no chance, zero chance of beating God. Zero. God is so good and so big and so powerful that when he sees your battle, he sees a loser. Because when he looks at you, he sees a winner. We are more than victors through Christ. Do you see it yet? God's given your armor so that you can see a victory about to happen. I'm, I'm a terrible football fan. Here's why. I follow teams that like to lose a lot. Maybe it's just an underdog theory for me, but when I start to watch one of their games, I'm fairly certain it's 50-50. Even if they're playing an inferior team, I'm fairly certain we may lose. And so when I watch a game, I'm anticipating, I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's not lose this one. God never says that about you. He never comes into your battles and says, okay, let's not lose this one, okay? God goes, hey, put on my armor and be ready. I've got this. There's never been a battle that God has lost. Not one. In all of human history, it's something Horatio understood that we've got to get to. Because in our eyes, we would see that the loss of Horatio's children would be a loss. And it is. It's real. It hurts us because we're in the human condition. On God's side of it, he saw the ushering in of children unto himself. That's a win. And Horatio got that. The reason he could say it is well with my soul is not in his current state. It wasn't well with Horatio's soul as he passed over the place where his children died. It was well with his soul because he knew his children weren't there. We've got to start seeing the battle the way God does. Because if we don't, we're always going to feel like we're losing. Can I just tell you, we see our world as what it really is from our side. Oh, God, our world is falling apart. It just seems like there's so much hate, there's so much violence. God's going, wait, 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 wait. Was a child born today? That's a gift. 
Did the wind blow? Did we get rain in Amarillo this week? That's a win. Listen, is God good? Yes. Are we damaged? Absolutely. But we're seeing our battles from our side and not from God's. From God's side of it, he's seeing victory after victory after victory. You're one of his victories. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're one of his great victories. Because it is by grace you had that opportunity. It's not that you can drum it up. It is a gift from God. God is so good to us. So we've got to begin to notice the difference between standing and fighting. Here's why. As Christians, we will uniquely be prone to fight. The problem with that is this. It starts by saying our fight is not against flesh and blood. That's what happens when we fight. You ever felt like this? Like there's some kind of unsettling between people and they start to fight for no reason? Listen, if you've never been around it, stay at church long enough. It'll happen. You'll fight about the most worthless things on the planet. You know why? This is how the enemy wants to kill us and steal from us and destroy us. But when we put on God's armor, we can't do any of that. If Saul's armor was big, what about God's? What is God calling us to do? Take our stand. What does that allow him to do? Fight. Corey Tim Boom, if you haven't read any of her books, I, I challenge you this summer to pick one up. I, I just, I promise you it'll bless you. She is, listen, if there was heroes on the hall of churches everywhere, Corey Tim Boom's one of them. She's just an amazing woman of faith. And she said this, when I panic, I run. When I run, I lose. When I lose, God waits. When I wait, God fights. And when God fights, I learn. How many times do we find ourselves not giving God our battles Instead, we run from them. We, we run from our battles instead of asking God, would you beat this out of my life, God? This is such a major battle. Instead, we go, I'd rather just not deal with this at all. But we have a God that's won our battles. He's winning your battles. Stop running and take your stand. Stand in his word. Stand in prayer. Stand in fellowship. Stay there because there is a battle to be won in your life if you will take your stand and let God fight your battles. It's difficult. You know why? Because we want to fix us. It's what we want to do. We always want to fix what's wrong. If we can fix it, we feel good about ourselves. The problem is this. Your battles cannot be won by your strength. It's always been his. So not only that, but we also get this. It's easier to fight against flesh because it's a tangible target. It's easier to yell at your children than ask God to help you fix the problem. It's easier to argue with your coworker than it is to deal with a problem at hand that's spiritual. The question we need to be asking is this. 
God, is this battle I'm in spiritual? There's some things that we need to fix. Here's one. You need to be good about asking forgiveness. Listen, as much as I'd like to say this, there's a lot of times, and we get this from Scripture, Paul says it, if you've wronged a brother, first go to him and ask forgiveness, then you can take something like the Lord's Supper. There's, there's actionables that we need to do. And then there's moments that we need God to intercede. So we need to ask the question, God, is this spiritual? Or am I just being a dummy? Because too often, if we're being honest, our fight has always been against flesh and blood. We'd rather fight flesh and blood because it makes us feel good. When I was in school, I'd rather fight you than talk to you. You know why? Because if I fought you, I felt good. If I had to sit and talk to you, it was miserable. That's a problem in the spiritual warfare that we're talking about. Too often we ruin and make more battles because we want to fight instead of letting the Lord do it. And we need that reminder that the battle is the Lord's. It's always been His. He's waiting to see if we'll be obedient. And I promise you this, sometimes the missing ingredient to a battle being won is your obedience to God. Because we're simply not lining up with what he's asked us to do. I mean, it, common sense things that if we would go to his word, we would get our lives in line and then God would win that battle and we'd go, oh, I see how that works now. Happens every day in people's lives. But if it's not happening in ours, it's not that God isn't aligning with us. It's that we're not aligning with God. So I want to give you two takeaways for today. Two actions that I believe that God is calling on us to do. Here's the first. Put on the armor of God. Learn from it. Study this passage. Spend time in verses 14 through 17. Put on the armor of God because it is necessary. All the moments in this, allowing truth to be in your life, righteousness, readiness for the gospel, faith that you would have salvation, that you would have the Spirit of God in you, all those things are beneficial at all times, every day, in all moments for you and I. There's not a moment where in the Christian life you should be found without the armor of God. Not a moment. Here's why. Because it's God's gift to you. And if God gives you something, you better use it. God's giving you his armor. That's pretty awesome. The next, pray on alert. It says in this passage, after it gets through the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, it says this, verse 18, pray at all times. In the Spirit, with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all this perseverance and intercession for all the saints. You know why? Because you're fighting a battle, and I'm fighting a battle. And we all need to be ready and standing in place and alert. And we need to be alert for our brothers and our sisters as well. God, help them in their battles. God, bless them through their battles. God, may you win their battles. 
I started by saying, I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know what battles you're facing. I do know this, that too often we are very selfish in our losing battles. And let me just clarify that with this. There's some of you that are fighting battles that have never told anybody about them. And I believe that that is a weakness. I think you need to get your battles out. You need brothers and sisters who are standing and alert and ready and praying for you. Share your battles. Talk to someone about your battles. Doesn't have to be me. I would love to. I, I've heard several of your battles that I would never share from this stage. But I'm praying for you and I'm alongside you and I'm with you. But you need to share your battles. Because it's one less place Satan can get to. Put on the former of God and pray at all times. Because he is going to win your battles if you will. Let's do it his way. If we'll do it his way, God will change everything. Become an imitator of Christ. Realize that you are saved by grace. Put everything in your, in your life in charge of what God has called you to do. And wake up every morning and put on that armor. And allow God to win the battles. Amen. He will. Let me pray for you. Before I pray, if you just bow your head and close your eyes. You've been to church before, they've asked you to do this. And I, I want to spend some time with you just for a second with no distraction. This morning, I don't know if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but today you should. You should know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have repented from your sins and believed that Jesus is who he says he is. Scripture says that if you've done that, you are saved by grace through faith. Have you done that? Can you say with 100% certainty, today I know, Kyle, that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I have repented of my sins and I believe in who he says he is. If you can say it with 100% certainty, praise God. But if you can't, if, if there's a 1% chance you're not sure, today is your day to know for sure. Do not leave this place without knowing for sure. And so here's your challenge. I'm going to pray. And after I pray, I'm going to say amen, and we're going to stand, and we're going to sing a hymn, a song together. And as I do, Dale, myself, and John will be down here to greet you. We want to pray with you. And if you don't know for certain, here's what I would love for you to say. I don't know for certain that I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, we're going to nail that down today. You're going to leave this room knowing for certain that you know Jesus. If you do know the Lord today, I'm asking you that when we stand, I'm asking you to pray boldly for those that don't know for sure. That you would pray your socks off today. That you would boldly go to the Lord and declare, Lord, win the battles of the hearts of the people in this room. Would you do that this morning? So let's do that today. Let's be bold in our approach. If you don't know Jesus, be bold. Do it now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may your spirit fall. May we be consumed with what you're about to do. God, will you move in the lives of people? God, may you win their battles. In the name of Jesus, 
we pray. Amen.